Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Now that Larry Walker has taken his rightful place in Cooperstown, the collective eyes of Rockies fandom turn their gaze toward the candidacy of Todd Helton, the greatest Rocky of all time. Will Helton get the necessary votes for enshrinement this year, or will he have a long wait just like Walker did? In this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, Manny and I talk Hall of Fame voting, along with baseball's postseason awards that are being handed out, with New York Times national baseball columnist Tyler Kepner. We're back with questions and answers. First pitch is coming up right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. Award season in Major League Baseball. It's also Hall of Fame ballot season. And uh, Manny Randall, Hall of Fame is a big thing for you. You were instrumental in getting Larry Walker uh, inducted two years ago. You spent a lot of time on the ballot. You're not a voter yet, right? How many more years to uh, your vote? No, let's see. I think six, six or seven. seven. Okay. So yeah. Todd Hilton will be off the ballot by that point. But uh, yeah, let's the well, uh, maybe there's a few. Maybe Nolan Arenado comes on the ballot while you're up on Yeah, the, that, that, that could be. That anyway, could but be it, it's. We're going to be joined here in a few minutes by Tyler Kepner of the New York Times, national baseball writer, to get his views on the um, postseason awards and the Hall of Fame ballot. I mean, the Hall of Fame ballot fascinates me because there's names on there that you would never expect to be like Kyle Loach, it's, 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 nice pitcher, it's but come on. Quintessential baseball, uh, quintessential baseball history because yeah. it's like filled with stars and then guys that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> Let's remember exactly. some guys. You exactly. Know? I don't know. I don't know what you got to do to get onto that list, that uh, one and done list. But uh, that would have been fun. All right. Anyway, um, obviously the same names are on there: Bonds and Clements from the steroid era. Some new steroid guys: Manny, uh, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz pop up on there now. Um, what do you expect is going to happen with the uh, quote unquote steroid guys? That well, uh, as for as for Bonds, I know there was mm-hmm. a. A recent E60 done on him. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard various various good reviews mm-hmm. on it, but uh, 
I think, you know, they're just, they're at around 60 ish him and Clemens. I mean, Clemens is the pitcher version of bonds and bonds, yep. the hitter version of Clemens. So I, yep. I don't think they're going to make it the other guys. Um, a rod, I, I don't see, I don't see him getting all that much support. Um, uh, David Ortiz, absolutely going to get support. I think David Ortiz, <clears throat> he meant, meant too much to that franchise, particularly with the uh, heroics in the postseason. that I think uh, he will get significance where he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be elected first ballot, but I think he's going to get some, I think he's going to get up there around 50%. Are we uh, maybe are higher. a little hypocrisy here? If guys are saying they don't want to vote for a steroid guy, but they vote for David Ortiz. And what about Manny well, Ramirez? Manny Ramirez to me is a Hall of Famer, but again, I don't think. Um, well, you you and I, I both I, agree that all of them. Yeah, right. right. I, I I don't think he's gonna get. Uh, I think he and he and David Ortiz will be similar, but Ortiz will be higher. I, but I think that Manny Ramirez will get a significant chunk. He'll be on the ballot for all ten years, and he'll get. This year, he might get to you know 40 percent, and then um, eventually down the road, he might get close. And depending on how the things change with demographics and the voting populace, I think the younger uh, folks tend like to, yourself. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, if you want to call yeah. me young, you, they tend to kind of favor being being about the the history part of it and 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 acknowledging um their greatness, even though uh, there are you know, before, other issues. Before we bring Tyler in. Um, how does all that affect Todd Helton? Well, it's interesting because the 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 the, the clog that was so hurtful to um, Larry Walker's campaign early on with the steroid guys is starting to come back. Yeah, we're going to have more of that again, mm -hmm. and so that could be a, a detriment um, to to Helton. That's a that's a really interesting point you bring up because there are it's going to it's going to clog it up quite a bit. Let's um, welcome in. We don't have him quite yet. Hopefully, he's coming on board here. Tyler Kepner of the New York Times. We, we appreciate him joining us um, to offer his insight to all this stuff. Tyler, thanks for joining us. So we appreciate it uh, again. Uh, we're talking Hall of Fame ballot, um, the steroid era guys. Um, I got Manny's take. I'll get yours. Um, Bonds Clements, Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez. Do any of them get close? Are they going to be stained for all their 10 years or might this logjam break at some point? Well, it doesn't seem like it's going to break because I feel like there's a, a big enough block of voters uh, who is, are just not going to change their mind on, on this kind of topic. It's not as if you can look at the stats and be persuaded over the years. Right. Um, it's more of a more something that you feel uh, deep down. And I don't know if that's going to change. So it's very strange to have a, a ballot with so decorated with so many big stars Um and yet I don't think anybody's going to get in. Really? You don't think even Kurt Schilling, who was on the cusp a year ago and then said he wanted to be taken off the ballot, all melodramatic and all that. Um, I mean, his antics away from baseball have been horrible, honestly. He's just done some really rotten things. But he was a Hall of Fame pitcher. I think all three of us agree he was a Hall of Fame pitcher. If he had just been quiet, he'd probably already be in. So you don't think he has a shot his last year of eligibility? Um. I hope he gets in because I think he belongs in, um, but I don't think he will. I mean, he, he got 71% last year. He got more than any other candidate, mm -hmm. but he's not going to get that sympathetic bump that guys usually right. get in their yeah. final year. Yeah. <clears throat> Even guys who were, you know, not great with the media, like Jim Rice, you know, were able to kind of overcome that at the very end. Um, and Martinez, who was great with, with the press, you know, he got right. in in his last year, you know, Walker, same thing. But, like, I don't think Schilling's going to get that goodwill bump because um, he has just – first of all, he doesn't want to be elected by the writers. 
Um, and he has insulted so many. Um, he's insulted our profession, yep. basically. So I think it's totally reasonable. And again, I would vote him in. But I, I think it's reasonable for a writer to say, look, I, this is not a death sentence for his candidacy. I will um, just punt on this, basically, and leave it up to a veterans committee someday. Um, hmm. I'm not saying he's, he's not, not going to be in. I'm saying I don't want to be the voting body to put him in. So I can, I can respect wow. that because of what he has said about um, the free press. I think um, just for to, to give it a little context, Tyler, uh, I'm looking at uh, Jay Jaffe's uh, Jaws, uh, where the, which averages uh, career war with uh, the peak seven years of a guy's career, uh, the war during that period. And Kurt Schilling is number 28 all time uh, on the starting pitchers list. And 25 of the 27 ahead of him are in the Hall of Fame. The guys immediately behind him are Mike Mussina, Tom Glavin, Nolan Ryan. Um, so, I mean, this guy... That's heady company. So I, I think we're when we're talking about Kurt Schilling uh, as a player, as a pitcher, um, we're talking about a guy that has the credentials. And so this really ends up becoming, uh, again, it goes is going to go back to the character clause and the character clause. I think I agree with Tyler. I think it's going to keep him out. Yeah, you know, again, I brought this up. I brought this up before. Last year, someone said he tweeted his way out of the Hall of Fame. And that very well could, I mean, that isn't completely accurate, but it kind of does sum up the whole situation a little bit. Just be quiet, let your actions on the field speak for themselves, and you'd be, a hall, be in the Hall of Fame. And um, some guys just can't get out of their own way. Um, right. Which is a shame because of it the, is. You know, it really the, is. Discourse, the discourse uh, in this country right now, you know, that'll, be, that'll become another thing about how Kurt Schilling is being, you know, kept Canceled. out. As, Canceled, right? You know, conservative voices. And it's really not that about that at all. I mean, most people in baseball, I'm sure most people in the Hall of Fame are quite conservative and that's yep. fine. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the, the things that he has said and the way that he has, um, you know, done it, engaged yep. the media, it's, uh, it's different. It puts him in a different category. Yep. And I would overlook it and vote him in because he baseball wise, he belongs in. But I understand if, if you don't want to be the, the body that puts them in. I know, Tyler, you're not a voter. Um, you should be, but you're not. Uh, right. Who would, if you had 10 guys to pick, and we haven't seen the ballot, it doesn't come out for another few days, but we got a pretty good idea who's going to be on that ballot. How would your ballot look? Sure. Yeah. I don't think anybody who's going to be on the ballot will be, uh, who, who's on the borderline of being on the ballot will be, you know, a uh, real candidate anyway. So, right. yeah, we, we have a, we have a very good idea of, of who would be on the ballot. Um, and I'm looking at right now, I would have, well, Bonds and Clemens, I, yep. I would put them in. They were never uh, suspended. And that's the only right. thing that we have to go on. Um, Bonds and Clemens, Schilling. Um, I'm a big Gary Sheffield guy. I would always have him on. Hmm. Um, Ortiz. Um I would think long and hard about Scott Rowland hmm. and um, I have Jeff Kent on there as well. Um, I have not Rowland, heard you. I've not heard you say Alex Rodriguez. No, because if I'm going, if, if as long as they ask you to consider character and, and integrity, right. Mm -hmm. That's a very tough thing to figure out. Right. Um, but the only, and, and in fact, the only distinction I would probably use on that would be, if they've ever been suspended for a character integrity kind of issue there, you know, if they have, then it's on their record. Um, it's part of their story and it would violate that guideline that the hall of fame gives you. Um, I mean, the guy missed a full season. 
you know, right. and, and he did all kinds of stuff. Um, I, w- I would I would look past the first one. Um, you know, it was a loosey goosey era, as he said. Right. Um, but once they put punishments in and he went and did it anyway, um, you know, he he uh, he lost he lost what would have been my vote. Okay. So um, before yeah. before Manny asks the next question, I want to I want to throw in a comment here. I was teammates with Gary Sheffield. And the talent right. is under the and he had a thing with you, right? Well, yeah, he didn't. He lied. There was no thing. He lied. Oh, okay. He flat out lied about character clause here. He he flat out lied about it. Um, mm-hmm. He made it up. He invented it. And Tom Verducci and I talked about it. And Tom went back to him and questioned about it. And he changed his story all around. And Verducci mm-hmm. called me and said, I'll never believe another thing he says the rest of his life. I mean, I had wow. my entire team, Players Union, uh, questioning Sports Illustrated for putting that in there. It was, what, 2004 or whatever. And it was just made up. He just yeah, I up. forgot. I forgot what it even was. But I just well, he said he, he said that he uh, yeah. that I had questioned him being in the game late in the game for defensive purposes, and that he had got up to me and grabbed me by the collar and thrown me against my locker like a bag of laundry okay. in front of the entire team, which again never right. happened. It was totally fabricated. And then when he went, when Tom questioned about, it, he went back and changed the whole story. He said it happened just between he and I under the uh, bleachers, and it was just, it was. I don't know. I Gary's a troubled guy. He was. I know he's gotten mm-hmm. things together, but he was a troubled guy. He, he had, a, he had a, he didn't have a chip on his shoulder. He had a boulder on his shoulder, and right. for whatever reason, um, he thought everybody's out to get him. And and I think the problem when you when you look at Gary Sheffield with his numbers were spectacular, but what he played for eight different teams or something like that. I mean, when he, teams, got, yeah. when he got traded to San Diego, I was at the Padres when he got traded to San Diego. And Tony Gwynn sat down next to me and asked me about him. And I said, you know, I, Fred McGriff was on that team as well. And Freddie and, and Gary grew up together. And I said, mm-hmm. maybe Freddie will be a good influence on him. Maybe he'll just calm him down a little bit and, and get him out this paranoia thing that he has about everybody's out to get him. And he mm-hmm. goes and almost wins a triple crown that year. Right. right. And then he still <laughs> gets traded. Now, that, to me, that's that's a red flag. I, I, that, that's not being a very good teammate. I'd say Gary. Yeah. I see Gary's problem is he wasn't a very good teammate. And I don't know how that factors into voters. I don't know if you were a voter or man, if you were a voter, I don't know how you would factor in the, the whole good teammate thing because I played with Nolan Ryan, I played with Paul Maud and Robin Yount, awesome teammates, the best guys you could be around, the best mentors, the best leaders, the best everything you'd be. Gary wasn't in that category. So I would have trouble voting for him. For well, that I think, you know, I think it's, well, you know, it, it, the, the character clause, like Tyler said, is uh, definitely a part of the consideration. But again, also, as Tyler said, the flip side of that is that's a hard thing. You know, that's just a hard thing to get your, oh, get, yeah. your get your hands around. And that's why I, I, for me, you know, I'm not a voter yet. It'll be another six or seven years. But it, it, for me, it's, you know, I look at I look at what they do on the field. And mm-hmm. that's it for me now. And now if they, if they, if they got, if they were in trouble you know, with a violent crime or something like that, I mean, that's going to obviously change the calculation, but when we're talking about these kinds of issues. It's just hard for me. I was a Gary Sheffield guy. Um, the last time I looked at his case. So I guess I'd still be a Gary Sheffield. Isn't it? He hasn't gotten better or worse right. <laughs> in the stats. Over the years, so I guess I probably, yeah, I'd probably still be a Gary Sheffield. Okay, guy. Manny, I'm, I'm sure you fill, you fill out a, a, a practice ballot for the year when you get on there who's on your practice ballot this year um I, there are so many guys that I, I would have more than 10 probably but uh, uh Schilling, bonds clemens roland wagner helton sheffield i really think a hard and hard and long about andrew jones i like jeff, andrew jones and jeff can't i'm coming around on because of his um standing among second basemen mm-hmm. in history uh, Manny Ramirez, that's already like nine of the nine out of ten right there. Um, and then the, out of the new guys, I saw, I mean, I would vote to Ortiz. Um, you know, there, there are some other, there are a couple of guys there. 
Um, Bobby Abreu may not make the cut, but he might just make the cut. I, I would think long and hard about him too. So again, the, 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 the 10 player to me, it's silly. The 10 player uh, limit that, that they still have. I mean, why, why they have that now? I don't, I don't think they're worried about us selecting too many people. Right. I tried so hard to get that, to get that changed. I tried every way I could think of. And, Thank you for um, that effort though, because it's ridiculous. Yeah. It didn't work. Um, the, the closest we got was because they were pretty emphatic. They would never make it unlimited or just like, you know, up down on everybody. Right. Um, and then, so like, well, maybe we can try to get it raised to 12 at least. And they said, no, we're going to keep it at 10. So that's, yeah. That's their only, decision. I've and, told and you that, fact, frankly, the whole voting process is their decision. The writers only vote uh, yeah. because uh, they ask to. That's you know? a big misconception that you know the writers yeah. the writers can only go with what the the hall um, the, right. the hall's uh, criteria are and the hall's standards and rules are. So I mean, if it's ten, yeah. it's ten. You can't you can't. It's not the writer. I think writers get a lot of. Uh, I'm sure you and others as well have gotten a lot of. Uh, you know, well, why why do you guys why do you guys have this limit? It's not it's not the writers. Right. If you, want to, if you want to criticize anything about the process for MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year right. Manager, that's us because right. the writers made those awards. So we control right, exactly. all that. Uh, but the Hall of Fame, we just vote at, the, at their pleasure. Tyler, um, you mentioned those other awards. We, wanted to, we don't want to talk about that as well. Um, if I have one criticism, I think because we live in a multimedia world now, someone like Ben Scully or John Miller or Ernie Harwell never got to vote. They see as much baseball games as the writers do. I would think now there's so much crossover between guys who are writing and broadcasting and vice versa. I like to see them expand that voter block a little bit and let more people have access to votes who see all sorts of baseball games, all the guys at ESPN, all the guys at Fox, they're watching games constantly. They are as in touch with this as any writer can be. Um, sure. For the Hall of Fame. What's wrong? Yeah, for the Hall of Fame. Why would yeah. they not be considered vote and, and be involved in the voting? Um, well, that's... I mean, that's something the board would have to decide, the Hall of Fame board, um, and they never have. I think they like the consistency over the years, um, even though everything changes because, um, yeah, again, as you say, the media landscape has right. changed a oh, bit. Huge. Um, right. I mean, back when you're in the 40s, it's much different right. than now. So, um, But they do like the consistency of it and, and the fact that the guys today are being voted on by the same voting body and with the same percentages. Yeah. Um, that they were, you know, the guys decades and decades ago. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe then it will be up to us. You know, and, and the writers have, you know, we, we've expanded our tent um, somewhat. Yes. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, the MLB.com writers, you know, were not part I of know. it. And, and now they are, as they should be. Um, you know, but it's hard to kind of expand it to, like, you know, play-by-play -play broadcasters. Right. As, as, as smart as they are and as good voters as I think they would be, um, it, it, there's no mechanism for it right now. It's weird. I mean, if I could blow it up and start it over again, I, I, I would do it quite differently. Oh, because man. There, yeah. there are oh, writers, yeah. there are writers yeah. who just don't see that much. Right. I mean, they, they exactly. don't have, they have a writer's card, um, but oh, they're yeah. they hardly ever go to games. Yeah. not as qualified oh, as, yeah. Oh, yeah. as a broadcaster who sees 162 mm -hmm. games. If they're oh, an assistant yeah. sports editor at a, at a paper somewhere and he never gets right. involved. I mean, Right, exactly. But I don't know how to get around that. I don't know how to say the I'm only going to take the writers who yeah. are who, who see enough baseball, and I'm only going to take these writers, but not these. I, I yeah. don't know how to do that. Yeah, that's tough. Before we change topics, get off the Hall of Fame a little bit. Um, man, I know Manny's a big Pete Rose guy, and I I believe Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he should be back in baseball. He was a crappy manager to begin with, but <laughs> but 
there's no question you can't tell the story of baseball without without Pete Rose. And now the baseball's gotten in bed with sports gambling, sports betting. They, they just have. They, I mean, that's so is everybody else on the on the planet. Um, what, why why do you think baseball would not say, okay, listen, not forgive and forget, but we're going to loosen these standards now, and and we're going to let Joe Shoeless Joe and and Pete Rose be considered by the Veterans Committee. But I don't think that it really should impact the the, the Pete Rose case um, as far as his. Um, as you say, Mark, his eligibility in baseball goes. I mean, he broke the rule at the time, and it was it's the most sacred rule. Right. So I get that. Um, I've always, though, been upset that the that he's not eligible to be voted on for the Hall of Fame because I think that's logically inconsistent. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, there was never a link um, between banishment from baseball and banishment from the Hall of Fame until Pete Rose mm-hmm. got on the doorstep of election. And then they said, they, you know, they, they jammed this rule through um, in 1991. So, yeah, I've always thought that was unfair, but it's it's been a rule now for 30 years. And so I don't see them having any desire to change it. I mean, if you were in the Hall of Fame, you talk to Hall of Famers, they love the fact that there is a sort of purity um, that goes with that um honor you know even though you know it's it's nothing's ever as pure as it seems yeah they they love the fact that um everybody in there has kind of been touched by the gods and and is kind of held up not just for their play but for the way they did it and all that stuff so i don't see any motivation for for the hall of fame to creak open a door for pete rose two words many 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 two words ty cobb (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah and i think um you know you said i'm a pete rose guy and, and this dovetails with what tyler just said um i don't i'm not a pete rose guy in the sense that you know the guy right like right. i don't i don't, right. I, I, exactly. I don't i've actually never met the guy i don't i, I don't know him uh, so i can't say it one way or the other but as far as what he did you know i wouldn't condone what he did and neither would major league baseball and the banishment from the game is separate. And I think, I don't think you'd find many people that would argue with banning him from life from the game. I think that all the argument is like, like Tyler said is, you know, he's the, he has the most hits in the game, the the most fundamental thing, right. In baseball, one of the most fundamental things are hits and the guy with the most is not in the hall of fame. There's something wrong with that story. Mm -hmm. And, and so you've got to, you've got to look at that and say, um, this whole purity idea that 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 they that that Tyler mentioned, it's number one. It's not as pure as, as right. it looks on the outside, no matter what. And it's something that Jason Stark wrote years ago. With that year that we didn't have anybody get it. I don't remember mm-hmm. it, maybe twenty fifteen or something like that, or 2014, I don't know, maybe even earlier. We had zero guys get in, and it was in the middle of this whole PED thing, uh, clogging on the ballot. And he said, "Do you want a cathedral or do you want a museum?" Yeah. I want a museum in my, in my opinion, it's a, it's a game. It's the history of the game. Put the guys in, tell the story. Yeah. I was shocked. The only time I've been there, I was shocked at how few members, I mean, 333 guys in the hall of fame. Yeah. Everybody's played. That's a very small number. Very it small is. Number. It's, it's about 1%, about yeah. maybe even less. And it's perfect that Larry Walker was a 333. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I still can't, I can't get it. I know. Right. Wow. But I do I think, I, I do think, you know, you walk through the museum, and there's plenty of stuff about Pete Rose and, yep. and, and Barry right. Bonds. And, and they, they do, the museum tells the story of baseball history, the library, all that stuff. It's all in there. Um, it's just that that plaque right. gallery yeah. is, is sort of like a temple or shrine. Um, 
it is light. different. It's a little light. It's a little light. All right, let's turn the page. Let's talk about the postseason awards, which are just now starting to come out. We've had the Gold Glove Award winners around here in Denver. Uh, Tyler um, and Manny and I kind of disagree on this, but there was this fussing about Ryan McMahon should have won the Gold Glove. Well, Nolan Ryan, Nolan Arenado not only won the Gold Glove, he won the Platinum Glove. He's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. I don't think anybody outside of Denver questioned that vote. I certainly didn't. Um, but did you see anything in the gold glove voting that struck you as odd or unfair? Um, it, that's really hard for me. I, just totally honest, you know, to, to sit there and say, well, this guy should have got a gold glove, man. You know, he was so much better than this other guy. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a really, really hard thing to judge. I think that we have better stats now, um, more sophisticated stats than we've ever had. So that's great. Um, but it's still really hard to to see because and you can tell because like people come out and say this guy got robbed and inevitably it's because you know it's the guy they watched every day right right um, and they know that he was a great defender well they don't know how great a defender the other guy was on some other team that they didn't see every day and it's so hard to compare because so many factors go into it so i don't know i'm not going to sit here and say i think like i think kevin kiermeyer is an awesome defender from everything i've seen i don't know if, if the the three guys who got at the outfielders are better than him i I, I can't say. So nothing, nothing that I saw in, in the, nothing, I didn't see anything egregious, put it that way. Yeah. And I think the, I think that the argument around here is that, you know, you look at the stats, you, uh, uh, you look at the stats and uh, it's, it's basically um, McMahon and Arenado and I, and I looked at them too. They're, they're like, they're right there. You know, I mean, you can, you can, you could slice it and dice it different ways to give one the edge but they're right there next to each other. So I honestly, I don't think it would have been an issue if either of them got it. I think the reason obviously why people around here are upset is because like you said, they watch McMahon every day. They're a little upset probably still that Nolan is not here anymore. And so, uh, and, and the idea that uh, they want to maybe put that behind them is probably part of it too. So I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for voting for Nolan Arenado. I think, I think, uh, or that he got it, I should say. Um, but uh, McMahon was very close. Let me, let me talk about those the stats you're talking about, Tyler, because this is my scenario. And, I, and again, we're going through this now with the, um, with the collective bargaining, which is a whole different topic. But the owners are putting forth this pay players based on their war, which mm-hmm. is back in 1990, we went through this and, and, and they called it play, pay for performance. It's, not, it's utter nonsense. Don Fear laughed in their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully Tony Clark's doing the same thing because it's a ludicrous idea. But it just shows you this, this tilt towards making everything about the numbers. Listen, if, if the Cardinals and the Rockies are playing a game and the Rockies and Cardinals come up in the first inning and, and get two guys on base, a, a single and a double, they have second and third, nobody out, and there's three hard ground balls and Ryan McMahon makes three nice plays, he just saved two runs, right? So he gets two defensive run saves. Well, what if Adam Wainwright comes up and the first three guys hit ground balls and Nolan makes those same three plays? He doesn't get any credit for run save because there was nobody on base because his pitchers are better. So all these intangible things that go into these stats aren't taken into account as much as they should be. And that's where people bang and draw about defensive run saves. Well, you know, the pitchers have something to do with that. If there's not a lot of guys on base, there's going to be fewer defensive runs. That's just common sense. But anyway, that's my, that's my, it's funny. No, you're right. I I don't even know exactly how those things are calculated. Like if if it's, if it's situation dependent about saving a run. No, you know, that's the thing is I, the way I, the way that DRS goes, is they take um, they take the 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 number of the percentage of the time that the play gets made overall, so not situational, not con- it's context neutral. So it's mm-hmm. just the, this this doesn't this matter play, who's on base. No, this play gets made how many times uh, out of out of a hundred or how, you know basically a percentage, right? So you mm-hmm. get points based on 
how rarely that play gets made. That's need, that's that's a, that's the basic gist of it. And they so need, they need to change the name of it because if you can't you can't save a run, yeah, on yeah, base. yeah, DR. I mean, defensive run, yeah. So defensive run saved, yeah. It's 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 you can quote equivalent yeah, yeah, with the name, but uh, defensive run saved. Also, I talked to Nolan about this um, when when Matt Chapman came here and they played, they finally played each other, right? right. Um, and uh, that year, Chapman was just through the roof with his right. DRS, and 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 Arnado was actually behind his normal pace. And I said, and I asked him, I was like, is it just the chances? Because honestly, that stat depends on a lot of how yeah. many brilliant play, yeah. chances, brilliant chances do you get, you know, that, that to make that brilliant play. And if, you do, if you're in a shift or whatever, and the Rockies were shifting, he said, oh, we're shifting a lot more this year. So I think I'm not getting a chance to dive as much and all this. And I think that has a lot to go that, that goes into it as well. That's why you look at that. You look at uh, overall defensive value uh, in other stats as well, you know, so. I think there's, it's, you know, you can look at outs above average with Statcast. You can look at other other numbers, but the way, no matter how you broke it down, these guys were very close to each other this year. And just because McMahon made all the flashier plays, which is amazing thing to say that Ryan McMahon would make the flashier plays in Nolan Arnauto on balance overall uh, in a season, some of that has to do with opportunity. And uh, uh, Nolan played more innings at third base. They're, they're a good, they're, that, goes for you and against you there are a lot of other considerations so i was keep, keep, i wouldn't have been upset either way keep this in mind in the dodger cardinal play, a wild card playoff game nolan auto played nine innings had one ball hit to him one one chance to make a play because adam right. Wainwright and the cardinal pitchers were that good right anyway all right turn turn the page real quick i know manny you're a big shotay atani guy so am i we all are what he's done this year is magnificent and unheralded he's going to win the mvp in the american league right tyler that shouldn't be a should be a no-brainer yeah i i have no doubts he's going to win it pretty easily too and then the National, National League, a little tougher. National League's tougher. I think Harper will probably win it. Um, really? As the OPS uh, leader, um, I think it's a really tricky ballot because um, none, none of the top three finishers, um, you know, were on playoff teams, Soto, right. Tatis, or Harper. And, you know, the, the Phillies, big series at the end of the year. In Atlanta, Harper didn't do anything. Um but I mean, the Phillies were an incredibly flawed team, and, and right. he, you know, he did lift them into the last week of the season um, when they really had no business being there because so many things were, you know, went wrong for them. Um, I think you look, you know, I mean, look at that: three hundred nine, four twenty nine, six fifteen. You know, he led the league in doubles, thirty five homers, hundred runs, uh, you know, a lot of walks. I mean, that he was great. I thought he should have been an all star in Denver. Yeah. You know, to be honest, but uh, Manny. Tatis and the Padres underachieved in a lot of views in a lot of people's eyes. Is he still viable in the candidacy for? Uh, oh, viable, viable. Yeah, definitely. He played, he only played in 130 games, um, but he still produced 6.1 war F4. Um, so, so per fan, fan graph. So he's right up there in that, in the conversation. I don't think he, he gets quite there. Harper, I think is going to, uh, I agree. I think is going to get it. It's going to, you know, it's going to be close though. It should, it ought to be close because once Soto, yeah put up some great numbers as well, 313, 465, 534. But, really you know, and and the, I think it's what, what's going to happen is that Harper was uh, overall just a bit better offensively. His weighted runs created plus was 170 to 163 for so, which is not a big difference. He had 35 homers, Soto had 29. Guys will look at that. Um, so I, I think I think that's going to – it's going to – it ought to be close, but I think Harper's going to get it. Tatis will sh- – surely should get some, uh, some love there, but I don't think he's going to get uh, – He's not going to be named the MVP. Tyler, the Cy Young winners are going to be who? American National. 
are going to be or should be. Yeah. Both. Uh, they're they're <laughs> Both. going to be, um, I believe, uh, Robbie Ray and Corbin Burns. Mm, uh, wow. They should be. I, I, I think they should be Robbie Ray. Um, but on the National League side, I, 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 Corbin Burns did an amazing, had an amazing mm. season for what he was asked to do. Um, but I can't give a guy who had 167 innings um, the Cy Young over a guy like Zach Wheeler or Walker Bueller um, who went, you know, over, over 200. Um, right. I mean, Zach Wheeler is not a top three finisher. We know that. Um, but, and neither is Bueller. Uh, yeah. I know he's, Scherzer Bueller's, is not, Bueller's, not a, Bueller's not a top three. The, the top three. Sure. Sure. Wheeler, Scherzer. Scherzer, Wheeler, and Burns, right. right. Bueller's not a top, but Wheeler had 213 innings. He led the major. Oh, no, it was amazing. Led the league in, in, 247 uh, strikeouts. He faced more batters than anybody. He was asked to do so much more by yep. that team because their bullpen was so terrible. They'd leave him in late. You know, he might give up a run or two. But Burns would not have been asked to pitch that inning. The Brewers mm. had a better bullpen, and they just asked less of him. Nothing against yeah. Corbin. He was fantastic. Um, but I think if you talk to baseball players, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, there is a big value placed on volume, on, on how much you actually do. And I think we're getting a little bit lost in the in in, yes. in all the yep. all the percentages, you know, all the, the yep. rate stats and stuff, without looking about what we actually saw, which I, was that Zach Wheeler pitched more innings than anybody, and he had more strikeouts than anybody, and his ERA was two seventy eight. It wasn't like he was uh, three. And what's amazing uh, about uh, that, by the way, is his expected ERA for Statcast. I've yeah. never this is the first time I've seen this two seven eight exactly the same. Wow, right on the number. Really? Well, yes, I'll, I'll yes. answer your question by, by with these two words, Tyler. Hell yes. You're absolutely right. We did put a big prep. You know, you wanted, as a starter, get your team in the seventh inning. You did your job. Five and fly was an insult. You go five mm-hmm. innings and fly, you got razzed by your teammates for only one five innings. Six, mm-hmm. give me six, give me a in the seventh inning. A lot of razzing inning. going on these days. Oh, heck yeah. Go, give me, give me, yeah. I don't know if they razz them anymore. They kind of the expectation. The bar's been changed. Yeah. Um, how, about the, how about the American League? Um, I think it has to be Robbie oh, yeah. Ray. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I did a story on Robbie late in the year. It's, 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 you know, he had a terrific season. I wish he had pitched better against the Yankees at the very end. Um, and he's the best pitcher in the American league. You know, he led the league in innings and strikeouts. What did I just say about Zach Wheeler? He led the league in innings and strikeouts too with a, and Robbie had a 284 ERA. So basically the same year as Wheeler just with fewer innings, but his innings led the league. Um, again, though, there's probably five or at least five guys in the National League who I think had a better year um, than anybody wow. in the American League. Manny, you feel the same way? Wainwright, Burns, yep. all those guys. Jersey, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, Ray is, I think, the the guy in the American League. It is closer to the National League. Uh, Scherzer belongs, uh, you know, belongs in the top, uh, toward the top. Burns, yes, he the volume was lower, mm-hmm. but belongs toward the top. I think, though, the, 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 I mean, Tyler made the case and he made it well. Zach Wheeler, uh, if you take into account the volume and you take into account the actual numbers, you look at the numbers yep. and he actually had a, a lower expected ERA. He actually okay. had a lower fit uh, fielding independent pitching than uh, Max Scherzer did. So hmm. yeah, wow. I, I can't argue with Wheeler. Okay. Can't argue uh, with that. Manager of the year, uh, Gabe Kapler got an extension today. He's going to get a trophy too, isn't he? I think he has to. I you have mean, to. I, expectations. I think, yeah, nobody expected nope. that team to do much. Um, and they are the best team in the majors and win, you know, by wins. Yep. And uh, they, it wasn't like it was a, a star studded team that, I mean, it was, it yeah. was a great team effort. I, I you got to give them credit. 
Yep. Manny, you feel the same way? I mean, Gabe Kapler, I, 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 it's, it's not close. I mean, the Giants, our team will be studying for decades trying to figure yeah. out how they actually how that, how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So. How did that happen? Um, yeah. And Mike still gets a, a finalist and then he gets fired. So um, words aren't all yeah. cracked up to be. American yeah. League manager of the year is a little bit more difficult. I mean, Kevin Cash is an annual candidate, but who's going to win it this year? Well, it was it's cash and service, um, and uh, the other the other top three finisher was who it was not Larusa. It was uh, Dust. Was it Dusty? I think it was Dusty. Um, I, I I think you got to go with Kevin Cash. I mean, they won a hundred games. Uh, you know, and and, and the buy in that Kevin Cash gets from that group, um, you know, to to where. They just trust that what he's doing and, and all the wacky plans that the front office puts in place um, are, are going to work. And, and, and he fosters, a, it's an overused word, culture, but the culture of the Rays works. It works because the players, the players buy in and they understand that like, okay, I'm not going to get 500 at-bats, um, but I, I'm probably going to contribute today, even if it's just one or two at-bats when they turn around, you know, a lefty or a righty. So um Cash does it, you know, without many stars, without any payroll. And look at that. Look at this, too. The top two guys in innings on that team, the only guys with 100, uh, you know, were uh, Ryan Yarborough. He had a five ERA and Michael Waka had a five ERA. So everybody, you know, who had 123 or fewer innings, you know, pulled the load there. Yep. It's just it's amazing how they they manage the pitchers in particular. I agree. Oh, yeah, I agree. Kevin. Manny. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dusty, and you know the, the 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 injuries that the Astros had to deal with. Obviously, they didn't have Verlander for the entire year. There there were a lot of injuries, um, obviously in the postseason, or a couple of injuries, particularly key ones that that hurt them. But in the regular season, they had Bregman missed like 60 games. They had uh, issues with their starting pitching. They all they had uh, Orkiti or Odorizzi, McCullers, Granky. They're all on the aisle at some point. So for that, plus all of the baggage, all of the overhang that comes with the Astros right now, it's I think that Baker, um, that's his. That's the case for Baker. I would I would give it to Dusty, and you know he might not win a World Series uh, trophy in his career. Boys, he's, he's won a couple of managers. Yeah, he's been there. Uh, Rookie of the year. Most of us didn't know much about the Rays. If you didn't follow baseball like like you two two did, most of us didn't know much about Randy Ariz Rosarena or Wander Franco. They're both up for that until the postseason when they became household names but um which one of them probably win the rookie of the year well a rosarena won it um, oh that's right I, yeah it was just announced and like yeah. while we're on this call and um yeah. and i have no problem with that i mean you know yeah. he, had a, he had what 274 356 459 20 home runs he struck out a ton um but he played every day and um and there's something that that, that ought to count for something I, I again i was you know wander franco will probably have the best career of all these guys but he played 70 games. He didn't have to face the adjustments that rookies have to face when they go through an entire schedule, like yeah. Ryan Mountcastle did, for example. Yeah. Um, all that said, I might have given it to Luis Garcia because I feel like you know you put you put in a full season on the mound the way that guy did. Well, uh, yeah, and what Manny was talking about the injuries of the Astros pitching staff, he really stepped up. Yep, and again, it's 155 innings, but we're talking about it is a full a season. Though yep. I mean, they're a rookie, 30 games, 28 starts. Um, yep it's different evaluation than yeah. by nature. I mean, rookies are going to often have less than a full season. Yep. Right. Right. In yeah, their so I, in a year that you consider them. I think he was, I think um, Garcia was probably more outstanding than Rosarina, but it's, it's, it's very close. And either one's a fine pick. 
Tyler, we're going to have to let you go here in a minute, but I want to get a final word on the voting process itself for these postseason awards. Did you get to vote for those? I know you don't get to vote for the Hall of Fame. No, again, it's, it's, okay. it's uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's New York Times you, policy. I don't agree with it, but that's what it is. Do you like the way they do that, the way they vote for these awards? Uh, the way who votes for it? And the way the votes awards are voted for. Do you like the process? I do. Um, it, it's imperfect, though, as media outlets like mine and others um, decide that they, their voters, their writers can't vote. Um, because, you know, you, you, in a bigger market like New York, it's not as big a deal because you have right. a lot of different options. Um, but in a smaller market, if there's one or two members of the BBWA who, who see by far the most games and they're not yeah. allowed to vote, then yeah. you've got to, you know, go down to other guys who might not have seen as much or people from other markets, which defeats the purpose of having yeah. two voters from each market. Right. It's our yeah, war and, and, and we and, need and, to figure that out. But, yeah. um, you know, the, a lot of our papers just don't go along with it. So, yeah, um, it basically, I think just, it's, uh, although I do like the idea in general, the, the, the concept of getting a, a large cross-section of voters to eliminate, in theory, um, right. regional bias. And, um, you know, and I love the tradition behind it. So I, I you know, I, I like that you can vote for 10 people. I think that's cool. Um, you know, 10 candidates. I love the down ballot candidates. So I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, MLB has made other awards and, um, yep. If, if people start to think of those as more prestigious, then that's fine. But, you know, our awards have, are, are what we've given out for a long time. And I, I, it's, I think it's cool that they have the prestige they do. I think there might, yeah, there might end up being more awards at some point. Right now, they just kind of, they, they divvy them out, a uh, different one each year. You know, I had NL Rookie of the Year. So, the, by the way, Tyler, Jonathan, you, you, Jonathan you have that India. on? Jonathan India. India. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I voted for India. I think that one was a pretty clear cut one, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's the thing though, is I think whether it's BBWAA or whether it's, uh, so whether it's the writers or whether it's the hall of fame, uh, you've got to be open to changing. You gotta be with the times. And I just wonder, uh, I I just hope that's, that's the key consideration that I hope they continue to keep it. And, And I think with the changing demographic part of it is that, that the rate of change is more rapid every year. And I think the younger generation kind of start kind of has the, an advantage there and understands that. So hopefully we'll see that. Well, uh, well guys, uh, the hall, those awards will be done very shortly. The hall of fame obviously take a lot longer. We won't know that until what January, probably right. Until they announce January, that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll have to wait on that, but it's always fun. Hopefully that kind of can stay in the spotlight and the collective bargaining stuff can get done quietly. And we don't have to hear much about that, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that another time. Tyler, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your insight. And your addition to the program, we, uh, we'd like to have you back again sometime. Yeah, happy Good to do it. Thanks, Mark. Right. Thanks, Thanks Manny. Thanks very much. We'll be back with Manny's Closer. Stay with us right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. It's that time of year again, Baseball Hall of Fame season. So that means it's time to argue about which players have been unfairly snubbed in the past, whether they're still on the ballot or not. We'll have plenty of time to do that over the next few weeks, but I'm going to start with a guy who produced 68.4 baseball reference war in his career, which translates for him into 5.3 war per 162 games. That's superstar level stuff. He was tremendous both offensively and defensively, particularly 
in the mid-1990s. From 92 to 99, he posted an 819 OPS with 431 stolen bases, won four Gold Glove Awards, and earned six All-Star selections. He was among the elite center fielders of his generation, but his name wasn't Ken Griffey Jr., who rightfully got the spotlight in that era. He's Kenny Lofton, and he got 3.2%, 3.2% of the vote in his first year on the Hall of Fame ballot back in 2013, which is under the 5% threshold to stay on the ballot for successive years. That's a travesty. Lofton is a Hall of Famer, and here's hoping that like the first Rocky to be inducted into the Hall of Fame just this past fall, Larry Walker, Lofton one day gives his induction speech at Cooperstown. One very deserving candidate who has somehow not got, gotten into the Hall of Fame is on the Hall of Fame's Golden Era ballot this year. Let's hope the committee gets it right this time, even though Dick Allen won't be alive to see it. The guy who was the 1964 Na- National League Rookie of the Year with the Phillies, was a 1972 AL MVP with the White Sox, had a career 912 OPS with 351 homers. Unbelievable that he's not in yet, but at least he's got a chance this year. There was a recent ESPN documentary on Barry Bonds as he enters his final year of eligibility on the Hall of Fame ballot. Whatever you think of Bonds, here are the undeniable facts. Fact. We know when he allegedly began using PEDs, ironically thanks to his legal troubles that produced evidence in court in the Balco case, and that was before the 1999 season. Fact. The Hall of Fame is a museum about baseball. Fact. From the beginning of his Major League career in 1986 through 1998, Barry Bonds had a 966 OPS, that translates into a 164 OPS plus, was the only man in history to hit 400 plus home runs and steal 400 plus bases, won three MVP awards, eight Gold Glove awards, and produced an incredible 99.9 B-War over that period. He was a Hall of Famer before PEDs, best I've ever seen play the game with my own eyes. Take away the pomp and circumstance if we must, put a second plaque up to Next, up next to the one with his achievements, stating the PED stuff. That guy belongs in the Hall of Fame, in the museum of the best baseball players of all time. We'll have plenty of time to argue about this stuff over the coming days, but remember, it's fun to do that, so let's have fun with it, even if Twitter can be a stupid place. And above all, let's hope that after Larry Walker got in, the writers continue to make progress in getting things right. And with, and that, with that, this edition, this edition of the Park Edition Rockies, Rockies podcast, podcast is, in is in the books. Thanks to our, our guest, Tyler, Tyler Kepler of the New York, New York Times. Times. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. Catch you Catch next, next time. time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.